Welcome to the second of our lectures on science and cooking associated with the class that we're teaching, the science and cooking from haute cuisine to soft matter science. I'm Dave Waits. Um, I'm the professor doing the class, and we're very privileged to have many uh, wonderful chefs uh, visiting and helping us, and we're trying to share this experience with everybody in the community. Uh, so I'm going to, as I said last time, you're going to have to suffer through some science, since this is a science and cooking uh, lecture series, suffer through some science um, by me or somebody, uh, one of the people teaching the class each time before we get to the uh, chefs. Uh, so let's begin. Uh, first of all, it's very important uh, that I acknowledge all the people who've sponsored and helped us. Uh, Jose Andres uh, from uh, Think Food Group, uh, Alicia Foundation have been uh, instrumental in uh, both the support and the intellectual contributions. Montferrand, uh, Whole Foods on River Street. Um, we're very fortunate, particularly tonight, we're going to actually use uh, one of these wonderful thermal baths from Fusion uh, Chef by uh, Julabo. Um, these are great things that we have in my laboratory, but now we can use them for cooking as well, and we'll learn a lot about it tonight. Um, and some support from one of the uh, Catalan banks. Okay, so um, tonight I also would like to give a very, very special thanks to uh, Tony Maas uh, from Craigion, Maine, who helped us enormously this past week and opened up his kitchen and his restaurant uh, to some of our visitors as part of the beginning of the uh, class. And so special thanks goes to Tony. Um, and tonight, after you hear the science, we're gonna learn about precision cooking doing things like really precisely controlling the uh, temperature, and our science discussion in class uh, this week really uh, came around to discussing the uh, important concepts that one needs to understand to learn something about the different ways of controlling the temperature and the different ways of controlling the nature of food. Um, and so that's what I wanna spend a few minutes uh, trying to describe. Uh, the theme of the week was phase transitions, and so I'm going to tell you just a little bit of uh, conceptual ideas of the phase transitions that we discussed uh, and show you some of the demonstrations that we did in class to learn about the phase transitions. So, well, I think you're all familiar with a common material, one that's important in uh, both what we eat and how we prepare food, and that's water. And water has three well-known phases. If you cool water down below zero degrees C, it turns into a solid, it becomes ice. As you warm it up, it becomes a liquid. You can drink it uh, between zero degrees C and 100 degrees C, it's a liquid. And if you heat it above that, it's a gas. And so there are three phases of water. And there are transition temperatures, in this case, zero degrees C and 100 degrees C, at which the water undergoes a phase transition. And we can understand the nature of the phase transition by looking at the molecular scale. Water is made up of water molecules. 
Uh, when it's a solid, they form an ordered structure. They can form a variety of different crystalline structures. That's the ice. As it warms, the order is lost and the molecules can move around more easily. They can pass more easily over one another, but they're still in the condensed phase and that's a liquid. And if they're warmed even more, then they're no longer a condensed phase, but rather they evaporate and they fill the whole room. That's a vapor or a gas. So those are the three phases of water. Now there are other kinds of uh, effects that can control the phase transition. Um, when I was much younger, I used to do a lot of mountaineering. And I learned something when I did mountaineering. Even though, even though you're at very high elevations, um, you still try to cook and eat well. Not as well as you can eat here, but you eat as well as you can. And what I learned, particularly if I was, uh, say, around fairly high base camp at 16,000 feet, if you try and cook pasta, just normally, you end up with mush. And the reason is that at high pressure, at low pressure, sorry, at, at high elevation, the pressure is decreased, it's significantly decreased at 16,000 feet, it's about 60 or 56% of what it is at, uh, at sea level, so it's significantly decreased, and the boiling temperature of water in which you're cooking the pasta is decreased. So here we have a plot where we've plotted now not only the phase transition temperatures of water at one atmosphere, that's at sea level, but also if you go up to 0.7 atmospheres, at, at higher elevation, you see the uh, transition, the boiling temperature decreases. If you increase the pressure, the uh, boiling temperature increases. And so you can put these together now onto a two-dimensional plot, uh, pressure and temperature, and these are these three uh, different lines that we showed you, and you could put these together, sorry, you could put these together and draw a line through them. And this is now a phase diagram, a two-dimensional phase diagram, which describes the state of water as a function of both pressure and temperature. Here's the solid, the liquid, and the gas. And you can see that as the pressure changes, the, the temperature of the phase transition also changes. If you look at other uh, fluids, ethanol is a... Uh, an excellent one, we had a, a wonderful talk about drinks, and this is a very important component of drinks. It has a somewhat different, the, the behavior is still the same, it's a liquid and the gas, the solid would be way down, um, but the, um, it, the temperature at which it boils is somewhat different. And that just depends on the nature of the interactions between the molecules. So in water, there are a lot of hydrogen bonds that hold the molecules together. In ethanol, there are uh, uh, still hydrogen bonding, but there's also a different component of uh, van der Waals interactions. So there are a variety of different interactions. Each of these interactions have different kinds of energies, and that determines something about the nature of the phase diagram, uh, of the nature of the behavior. <clears throat> and in fact, we discussed in a sort of qualitative fashion the way you can understand the energy as a function of the separation. So I'm imagining some generic separation between the molecules and I'm plotting here the energy between them. And if the molecules tend to attract one another as all materials that form a liquid or a solid, a condensed phase must do, 
They tend to attract one another and they can lower the energy of the two molecules by coming close together, by undergoing this attractive interaction. So if they're far away, there's no energy of interaction. As you uh, lower, as you bring the molecules together, they're attracting one another. The system is lowering its energy and the amount that it's lowered this energy is the energy of the bond that's holding together you. If you try and push them together even farther, they just can't occupy the same space. And to try to push them together, you would have to raise the energy of the two uh, molecules. So this is a way of describing it, and this is the energy of the bond, and the energy of the bond at the phase transition, you essentially have to do something. You have to put energy into the system to break that bond in order to have the molecules come apart. And of course, we use that just in a uh, qualitative way. We introduced our equation of the week. So this equation is just a way of relating it. Basically, it's saying the temperature at which the phase transition occurs, you have to put enough energy. This is converting the temperature into energy. You have to put enough energy to break the bond, to put enough energy to pull the molecules apart, to overcome this attractive energy, this attractive forces that are pulling the molecules together. Um, well, there's other interesting kinds of phase diagrams, and so liquid nitrogen is something we had a lot of fun uh, working with, and I want to show you some unique feature of liquid nitrogen. Unfortunately, Daniel Rosenberg, our very, uh, our, our demonstration guru, uh, is going to help by doing a demonstration. What we're going to do is, you all know what liquid nitrogen is, it's a, it's a, it's a liquid, it's very cold, you can see it, it's my, almost minus 200 degrees C at room pressure, it, it's a liquid and it sits right here because it's evaporating, so it has to cool everything down. The fact that it's foaming like this is basically you're seeing the, uh, the liquid nitrogen slowly cool uh, the, the glass and as it cools the glass, you see a lot of vapor. It's changing into a gas, but if it remains liquid, it has to stay below this temperature, so it sits right at this point. But now what we're going to do, we need to zoom in on this. Uh, and so I think we'll watch this and I'll describe what, we're gonna, what, the, what, what, what happens. What Daniel is going to do is lower the pressure. So he's putting a, a jar over top. It's a little dangerous, so he's putting our protection in front. <laughs> Heloise, maybe you want to move back. No, no, I think you're okay and he's gonna start evacuating it. And if you watch carefully, hopefully we'll be able to see the uh, vapor disappear. But remember, this is a, a liquid that's in equilibrium with the gas, and we're lowering the pressure. I can see it if I look at it. Can you zoom in just a bit with the camera? Oh. You see what's happened? It's turned into a solid. This is nitrogen, solid nitrogen. And all Daniel's done is lowered the pressure. So it's ice, 
made of nitrogen. And if you watch it, as he raises the pressure, it turns into a liquid and then starts to evaporate again. Thank you, Daniel. So let's try to understand that, just thinking of our simple phase diagram. Here's a blow up of the phase diagram. And basically what happened, let me see if I can use my pen. What happened is we started at room, temper at room pressure, we were here. And so we were in coexistence between a liquid and a gas. As we lower the pressure, it has to come down this line, it has to come down this coexistence line. The temperature is being lowered because we're evaporating some of the liquid into the gas. It lowers the pressure, it lowers the temperature, and it has to sit, whatever pressure it is, has to sit at that point. But notice the phase diagram is interesting that the solid line crosses right here. And if you lower the pressure enough, you go directly between a solid and a gas. And that's what we saw happen. So we can just very simply understand the behavior of what we're seeing just by looking at these phase diagrams. And so that's the very cool thing, actually solidifying nitrogen just by lowering its pressure. Okay, so um, we can now think about doing other things with, uh, with uh, controlling the pressure and controlling the temperature, things that are more directly related to food. Of course, we use water as both a food and it's a way of controlling the temperature. So if we wanna solidify something, um, for example, where's a, an egg? This is a fresh egg. I'm gonna hold it very gently because I have clumsy fingers. I'm not gonna break it open, but if I break open a fresh egg, what phase is it? Solid, she says, a fresh egg. <laughs> it's not a trick question. <laughs> I can't do any tricks. <laughs> it's a liquid, right? I won't break it open, but if you don't believe me, I, one of these uh, excellent chefs will break. We'll see some, oh, Daniel prepared me an, an egg. This is an egg, right, it's liquid. So of course, if I want to solidify it, Daniel will help me, how do I do it? I lower the temperature, right? That's what it says. I should lower the temperature, so <laughs> we'll lower the temperature. We'll put the egg in the liquid nitrogen. We're using nitrogen now as a mechanism, as a medium to control the temperature. So this will take a minute or two. We have to get it nice and solid. So this is the way we cook eggs, right? Isn't this always the way we cook eggs? Don't you go home at night and cook eggs like this? Well, that's a good question. She's asking, does it actually cook? So what does cook mean? She says, the nature is approaching. No, it freezes, it solidifies. But I'm just showing you now that there's many more uh, types of phase transitions than just the uh, simple phase transition for water. 
So you think it's solid yet? You know, it takes a while to cook an egg. How long do you cook an egg for? When you, oh, she doesn't cook. Who, who cooks eggs? Six minutes. six minutes. Okay, I think we have one that's been cooked for six minutes. Do we have a hard? This one. This was cooked. This was, this was put in boiling water for six minutes. Ten minutes? Where's Naveen? No, I'll let you break it. If I break it, I'll make a mess. Okay, so this is a solid egg. This is a solid egg. You can spin solid eggs, right? Do you have a fresh egg? You can't spin a fresh egg, right? <laughs> Daniel can... Sorry, I should have told you, Daniel can do anything. That's still fresh. Okay. That's still... Partially Just, it's a, a soft egg, right? You know, soft yolk. <laughs> okay. Thanks, we have the screen back. So now you understand perfectly well why I do this uh, course in collaboration with chefs. I clearly don't cook. <laughs> I'm just the physicist here. So you can lower the temperature. Of course, the way you normally do it is you put it into hot water and you raise the temperature, right? Now what you're doing is using water as a medium to transfer heat. And so we can understand this in a very simple way because we, now we can do a whole bunch of other things by transferring heat. I'll show you some of the things you're familiar with, other things you're not, perhaps not as familiar with, but uh, Joan Roca will tell us a little bit about some of these things. So. Uh, one thing you're familiar with is the pressure cooker. The pressure cooker is what we absolutely had to use when I used to go uh, mountaineering. You can increase the temperature at which the water, for example, boils by increasing the pressure. And a typical pressure cooker, you can go to about two atmospheres. So that's one way of taking advantage of the phase diagram in the medium you're controlling the heat. Another way is with a rotary evaporator, or a rotovap, um, this is now becoming more common among chefs, and I hope Joan will tell us something uh, that he does with it. And you can again understand the properties, the basic properties, uh, just from this phase diagram. What you do is you have both a controlled uh, a temperature bath and you evacuate the uh, liquid that's in the rotovap, and when you evaporate it, it changes the uh, boiling temperature so you can evaporate different things off. In actual fact, it's much more complex because you have various aromas that you can get to evaporate more quickly so you can, in, in fact, enhance the aroma in what you collect uh, and uh, cool down and distill out here. So that's another uh, tool that we'll hear about. And then finally, um, we have these beautiful immersion heaters uh, and uh, their ways of now absolutely controlling the temperature with exquisite precision. Uh, and the important thing that we'll learn is that the water typically is just something that transfers the heat the food itself, as it cooks and as it undergoes different phases, will undergo different phases at different temperatures. It doesn't have to be the temperature to which it's heated or to which the surrounding medium is heated. And uh, the beauty of an instrument like this is that you can precisely adjust the temperature 
of the surrounding medium to exactly the temperature at which you want to bring uh, the food. So with that, this was a sort of a summary of the kind of science that we did. And I'd like to uh, introduce Harold McGee to uh, uh, introduce uh, Joanne uh, uh, as our chef. Thank you and good evening. Uh, it's a huge pleasure for me to be able to introduce John Roca to you um, for all kinds of reasons, one of them being that I had uh, one of the most memorable meals of my life at his restaurant in 2005 when he was just beginning to work with the rotary evaporator and he made a dish that uh, just made my jaw drop. And I hope he'll talk about that one. If he doesn't, I'll talk about it later. Uh, anyway, he, um, he comes from Girona, which is a city about an hour northeast of uh, Barcelona. Uh, his parents had a small uh, traditional Catalan restaurant there. He and his two brothers opened a restaurant next door to their parents' place in 1986, I think. And uh, these days, it has three Michelin stars. Uh, it was voted this year by uh, his peers in the business, the second best restaurant in the whole wide world. Uh, and it's in part because of uh, he and his brother's um, uh, uh, dedication to progress in the craft of cooking. And what that's meant is that he and his brothers have pioneered in a couple of technologies that have just transformed modern cooking. Uh, in 2001, he published a book about this, about uh, precise low temperature cooking, which had been done for maybe 10 or 15 years in France, but uh, kind of sporadically and not very visibly. In 2001, he published a book on the subject which just changed the life of every chef uh, who came across it and everyone came across it. it. It meant that for the first time you could really control the doneness of meat and fish precisely and eggs as well. Uh, uh, it, it was just revolutionary. It sounds simple, you know, cooking is heating things, control the heat. But until he pointed out that you could do it this way and he gave precise uh, recipes, directions, tips, the whole thing. He basically gave the world a manual by which they could cook their meat, fish, and eggs much better than they ever, ever had before. So that was the first thing he did. Then three or four years later, he pioneered in the use of the rotary evaporator, which Dave showed a slide of, which essentially extracts aromas from uh, ingredients and from things that maybe you wouldn't have considered as ingredients before. That meant that you could uh, do magic with aromas, with flavors that you just couldn't do before. And uh, that has transformed the business. So uh, uh, Joanne is the perfect person to be leading off this uh, uh, series uh, from the leading chefs of the world on the science of cooking. And so without further ado, Joanne Roca. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good evening. 
Disculpeu que no parli bé l'anglès i per tant és molt millor que tenim un traductor fantàstic que irà traduint i explicant tot el que el que farem avui. And excuse me that I don't speak any English, so we'll have an interpreter doing that for me. Després del que ha dit el Harold McGeer, jo crec que el millor que podria fer és callar i marxar i callar-me. Però, tot i així, intentarem. After the introduction by Harold McGeer, the best thing that I can do is to run and leave the place. And shut up. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Bé, abans de res, i abans de començar a parlar de temperatures i de cuina, voldria presentar-vos a casa meva, tot i que ho ha fet molt bé el Harold. Intentarem passar un petit vídeo on expliquem un dia el restaurant. I before starting the lecture, I would like to talk about my place, home, my restaurant in Spain even if uh, Harold has touched some parts of it. So we're going to show you a little video to get you in the mood. El restaurant que, que veieu és el, és el fruit de molts anys de treball. Aquest any fa 25 anys que vam inaugurar el restaurant. That, uh, the restaurant that you're seeing is the fruit of uh, many years of work. It's 25 years since we opened it. Som tres germans, com va dir. Josep s'ocupa dels vins, Jordi dels postres, jo de la cuina salada. As Harold has mentioned, we are three brothers. Josep is sommelier and deals with wines, and Jordi is the pastry chef, and I do the rest. I l'espai que tenim ens permet desenvolupar la nostra feina tal com a nosaltres ens agrada. Una sala molt lluminosa, una cuina gran, ben equipada i el restaurant dels pares molt a prop, on anem cada dia a dinar tots, fem 200 metres de camí per anar a casa, a Can Roca, a casa dels pares de tota la vida. And the space that we have is very appropriate for our needs. We have a very luminous and bright dining room. We have an ample kitchen. And then the best thing is that we have my parents' restaurant 200 meters away from our place. So every day for lunch, all of us go there. I ens permet tocar de peus a terra i tenir els orígens molt presents. And that keeps us grounded and very much in touch with our roots, our origins. amb els aromes i amb la complicitat entre aroma i sabor. 
We like to play a lot with aromas and the complicity between aroma and flavor. I ens interessa molt tenir molt presents la cuina catalana, la cuina de la memòria, la cuina tradicional, a partir de la qual moltes vegades fonamentem el procés creatiu. And we keep very much in mind our, you know, traditional Catalan cuisine, cuisine of our family, and that helps us sparkle our creative process. Okay. Ens centrarem en la tècnica de cocció al buit. És una tècnica que nosaltres hi hem treballat força. We're going to talk about sous vide cooking, and that's a technique that we work a lot on. Seguim. És una tècnica polivalent, l'utilitzem molt i per diferents motius. És una tècnica multipurpose que utilitzem per moltes purposes. El control de temperatura és essencial, per nosaltres és important, perquè és el que ens dona al final la precisió i ens dona el resultat ideal que busquem en cada aplicació. Controlling the temperature is essential to the process because it gives us the final, we reach the final, the final temperature for the product. L'equipament que utilitzem, l'hem anat veient, les màquines d'envasar el buit, a l'esquerra. The equipment that we use, as you can see, are on the left, that's the thermal vet els termostats d'immersió. Immersion thermostat, like a thermal bath. Bosses de buit. Subida bags. Rotaval, que després l'explicarem amb més detingudament. I els forns de buit continu, que també els comencem a utilitzar. And the rotator distiller that we are going to elaborate later on. Entenem que hi ha dos tipus de buit. Un és el bàsic, que és el que més utilitzem, i l'altre és el buit continu, que el fem servir, l'utilitzem amb el rotor de vapor. Ok, hi ha dos tipus de subit. El primer és bàsic i l'altre és continu, que utilitzem amb el rotor. Per nosaltres, les grans avantatges del buit són diverses. Aquesta és una d'elles, que és la l'absència d'oxidació durant el procés de cocció. Al no tenir aire, doncs, aconseguim que els productes que tenen fàcil oxidació la puguem d'aquesta manera evitar. The advantages of the sous vide cooking are many, but the first one is to avoid oxidation. Since there is no air, there is no oxidation. Ens permet tenir un control molt precís de la temperatura a cor de producte mitjançant unes sondes que ens permeten establir el mètode, ens permeten establir la relació producte-temps-temperatura per cadascun d'ells. I ens permet tenir una temperatura extremament acurada i tenim unes tables on tenim el temps i el final producte. Per nosaltres és molt important la regularitat en el restaurant i amb aquest mètode ens permet poder tenir molta regularitat i ser molt homogeni amb els acabats i amb les funcions. Consistency in a restaurant is very important for us, so this method allows us to achieve that time and time again. 
La tècnica ens permet tenir un gran respecte per al producte, pels seus nutrients i per les seves propietats gustatives o organolèptiques. Another big advantage of this technique is that it allows us to keep to respect the nutrients as they are and the flavor. Seguit. També ens permet estalviar o evitar la pèrdua de pes i per tant de propietats i d'aigua durant el procés de la cocció. This method as well avoids the the product losing its weight and and shrinking. L'efecte de la pressió durant l'envasat ens permet també enganxar productes, en aquest cas són dos filets de llenguada, després ho veurem un exemple molt més pràctic, però diguem-ne que també ens va bé aprofitar aquest efecte de pressió que es produeix quan tanquem la bossa al buit i ajuntem, en aquest cas, dos productes. Another advantage is that, for instance, we'll see that during the demonstration, to seal or to bind two filets of salt together and they stay that way after, you know, when we have the final product. Alhora és una tècnica que ens permet també coccions prèvies, després les explicarem, però el poder coure abans un producte amb cocció llarga, imaginem-se una espatlla de xai. Then it's a method as well that allows us continuous and long cooking. Let's imagine, for instance, lamb shoulder. Si nosaltres coem aquesta espatlla de xai per un sistema tradicional, el posarem en un forn amb una temperatura moderada, però ho tindrem dues o tres hores, amb la qual es perdrà molt de productes, es s'evaporarà, es deshidratarà, es ressecarà i la textura quedarà molt més estellosa, molt menys melosa. Then, for instance, let's imagine that we cook the shoulder of lamb in a traditional method and we put it in the oven for two, two hours and a half, three hours. What's going to happen is that part of it is going to evaporate and then it's going to become drier and the product is going to get dehydrated and it's going to lose its moistness. I ens l'haurem de menjar de seguida després d'haver estat rostit. No el podrem conservar. Sí, ho podem fer, però el resultat no serà agradable, serà rescalfat. And we'll have to eat it immediately after being roasted, because if we reheat it, it's going to have a different, you know, taste. En canvi, si l'envasem al buit i el tenim durant 24 hores a 63 graus centígrads... Well, if we cook it using the sous vide method and we cook it for... 24 hours at 63 Celsius. Conseguirem una cocció molt homogènia, molt melosa, mantindrem la textura del producte, serà molt tendre i no serà ressec ni estellós. We'll achieve a very homogenous texture and the product is going to be very moist and not dry at all. I la gran avantatge és que un cop passat aquest procés de cocció podrem refredar de cop i provocar una pasteurització i una millor conservació del producte cuit. Another advantage is that after, immediately after the sous-vide cooking, we can cool the product and we're going to achieve a pasteurization, which is very important as well for the final result. Per tant, ens permetrà tenir una preparació d'un producte cuinat en perfectes condicions higiènico-sanitàries en un període més llarg que si ho féssim per als sistemes tradicionals. 
and then we'll be able to keep uh, you know, uh, the product under very hygienic uh, conditions and, uh, and uh, with the best uh, health advantages as well, that they were doing that in a traditional method. And we're going to achieve a longer shelf life. També això agilitza molt el servei perquè fa que els processos d'acabats es puguin fer d'una manera molt més pràctica, molt més àgil i molt més adaptada a cada restaurant i a cada mètode. Cada cuiner acaba utilitzant aquesta tècnica de la manera que millor li convé, aprofitant totes aquestes avantatges o algunes d'elles. Yeah, taking advantage of all these, uh, these techniques uh, and advantages of sous vide cooking, what we have to do is we can agilize the serving process as well, the moment in serving the food. Per això nosaltres separem les coccions al buit en dos, dos noms, en direm, directes o, o espontànies, mm -hmm. no? durant el mm -hmm. servei, i coccions uh, indirectes. Eh? Ara veurem les que anomenem directes. Eh? Anem a veure un exemple. We have two types of uh, sous vide uh, cooking. Uh, the first one we're going to call it direct or even better uh, immediate cooking. And then the other one is going to be the long uh, you know, cooking uh, sous vide. Vale, seguim. Ara veurem un exemple d'un llenguado que nosaltres en diguem llenguado mediterrani. És un plat que pretén expressar els colors i la llum del Mediterrani, en certa manera, a través d'una interpretació de productes que nosaltres associem amb el Mediterrani. Un dels exemples va ser el sol mediterrani, i el que volem aconseguir en aquest dish és el sabor i la llum que reminds us of home and the Mediterranean. Això és fonoll, fonoll salvatge, que el decoem. That's wild fennel that we cook. Liquarem fonoll, també liquarem taronges, liquarem bergamotes. We're going to liquify the fennel, we're going to liquify uh, oranges and bergamot. Pinyons. Uh, pine nuts. I olives verdes. And green olives. I amb tots aquests sucs farem el mateix que fem ara. And with all these uh, sauces. Lligar-los, donar-los textura, amagar agar. And all these sauces and these flavors we're going to bind them with uh, using agar. Un cop hem texturitzat aquests sucs, els emulsionem amb oli d'oliva. Once uh, they have uh, some texture, we emulsify them with olive oil. L'oli d'oliva és un fil conductor de tots aquests sucs que ens permet tenir salses amb matisos, amb sabors que nosaltres relacionem amb el Mediterrani, en què l'oli d'oliva fa de, de fil conductor. And the, the olive oil plays the role of the spine, you know, bringing all the elements together. Okay. El, el llenguado el posem en una dissolució de sal, 10% de sal per aigua. Aigua i 10% de sal, durant 4 minuts. We, we bath uh, the sol in, uh, in a mixture of water and salt. It's 10% of salt and we keep it there for, for 4 minutes. És una molt bona manera de salar, molt, molt homogènia. It's a very good way to salt something. It's a very homogenous way to, homogenous way to salt I something. I molt precís i molt regular alhora. Precise and, and, uh, and regular. Els dos lloms del llenguado els posem junts a dins la bossa, enganxats per la part en què estaven unides les espines, el, el lloc on hi havia les espines. Diguéssim. And the two fillets of uh, sole, we, bind, we put them together where the spine were before. 
i el posem a coure a 55 graus durant 4 minuts. And we cook it at 55 degrees Celsius for 4 minutes. Mentre es cou el llenguado, fem un caramel d'oli d'oliva. Això és caramel. Deixem caure una gota d'oli d'oliva i, com que està calent el caramel, la força de la gravetat de l'oli d'oliva fa que baixi i es tanqui una petita càpsula de caramel d'oli d'oliva. And what we do in the meantime, we make an olive oil caramel. What we do is we do some caramel and we drop a drop of olive oil and then it becomes a candy caramel olive oil. Tenim el llenguado molt melós, molt ben cuit, molt al punt, però ens falta la reacció de mallar. Ens falta el daurat i el fem a la brasa perquè agafi un perfum lleuger de brasa i un color agradable. We have the salt now, which is very well cooked, but we need something else to finish the dish. We need to achieve as well the Maillard reaction. We need a little bit of browning. Només 30 segons per cada cantó. So what we do in the embers, we mark it, we just score it for 30 seconds each side. Perquè no es ressequi, perquè no es deshidrati. So it doesn't become dry. Només perfum i color. Dehydrated. So the only thing that we need, we we seek is the the color and the smoke. Hem col·locat les cinc salses per ordre. És un plat que el servim així, en perpendicular. El llenguado està en perpendicular. Les salses estan seqüenciades. What we do is we put the we play the sauces in order. It's a perpendicular dish, and we put one sauce next to the other. Amb la oliva verda coincideix el caramel d'oliva amb el pinyó, el pinyó, amb la taronja, la pell de taronja, amb la bergamota, la flor de bergamota, i amb el fonoll, la flor de fonoll. Then we have the olive oil with the olive oil candy, the bergamot with the bergamot, the orange juice with the orange, and the pineapple with the pineapple essence. L'important del plat és que la textura del llenguado és molt amable, molt agradable, i i tenim al mateix temps el sabor tradicional de la brasa de llenya d'alzina. The thing is that we want to achieve at the end is that the texture of the soul, it's very nice, lovely texture, but at the same time it has like a little traditional note on the flavor that we get from the embers. Si haguéssim cuit el llenguado a la brasa des del principi amb cru, ja estaria bo però no estaria tan melós a l'interior. Hauria quedat més ressec, més deshidratat. Si haguéssim cuit el sol per començar amb el grill, hauria estat molt dràgic, dehidratat, i no hauria aconseguit la molestia que veiem sempre. És un altre exemple. Això són rogers, que els traiem també les espines. Un altre exemple. Aquí tenim rogers molts i els debonem. També és una cocció directa, una cocció al moment, és una cocció que no es pot conservar. Estem en temperatures molt baixes, per tant, són temperatures de servei. Són 55 graus Celsius, per tant, és una temperatura molt, molt ajustada, que és de servei, d'arribar a la comanda a la cuina i posar-lo a coure al moment. I és un altre exemple d'immediat subit cooking, perquè el que fem és que, en el moment, és molt ràpid. It's 55 Celsius again for four minutes, and what we do is we get them started when we receive the order, the ticket. 
hem posat en l'interior dels dos llocs una mica de paté de fetge de Roger. And between the, the two fillets we've used a little bit of uh, its own liver, uh, red malt liver. Uh -huh. Tanquem, aprofitem la pressió del, de la bossa al tancar and we i el posem a coure. And, you know, and we give him a bath. Passats cinc minuts, traurem la bossa, traurem el Roger de l'interior i muntem el plat. After five minutes, we get out and we open the bag and we plated it. En aquest cas no farem una cocció complementària, irà directament al plat. Volem la textura del Roger molt, molt melosa, quasi com si hagués estat cuit a dins d'un suquet. And uh, in this case, we don't need secondary cooking. Uh, what we want to achieve is the texture, if it had been done on a fish too. Uh -huh. El suc que hi ha al voltant és un suc fet amb les espines i els caps del Roger, torrats i, per tant, amb un brou molt reduït, molt concentrat, molt saborós, molt potent. Del, del sauce that it's next to it, el, it's uh, surrounding it, it's uh, a chief roasting the heads of the red mullet and the spines until they're very concentrated, it has like a very strong, very powerful, very noble taste. Una mica d'oli de cirereta, unes botetes, oli d'oliva amb, amb cirereta, guindilla, chile. Chile, ok. Mm -hmm. And then, we, then a little bit of olive oil and a little bit of chile. Ok. I aquest és un altre, és un altre exemple. I aquest és un altre exemple, subit cooking. Pararem ara un moment i veurem com... Hem posat a coure, mentre estàvem parlant, hem posat a coure un filet amb whisky Lagavulin, un whisky Island, un whisky que té unes notes fumades, lleugerament fumades. D'Islàndia? D'on és el whisky? Whisky d'Escòcia, és un whisky escocès, lleugerament fumat. Okay, so, you know, we're going to stop for a second, and while we were talking, we've put uh, uh, on the thermal bath uh, a filet with some whiskey from Scotland. Es, es això mateix que estàvem fent aquí, però en aquest cas amb una carn, amb una carn de cocció, de cocció ràpida, diguéssim, una carn tendra, no té teixit conjuntiu, és un filet, podria ser, de fet, és una vigiana, perdó, és la part de la del llom, no és el filet exactament. Però en tot cas és una carn molt tendra que permet una cocció al moment. And instead of using fish here, we use some meat. We're going to use a filet. And it's a very tender type of meat that needs a very precise... 20 minuts a 50 graus. Immediate cooking, 20 minuts at 50 degrees. I ara l'únic que farem serà donar-li una mica de color a l'exterior, just per donar una capa cruixent i daurada. And now what we're going to do is we're going to brown it a little bit on this side, just to give a, you know, a nice color. Per tant, de la mateixa manera que el llenguado només el passàvem per la brasa, un momentet, ara estem fent el mateix amb la carn, So exactly the same thing as we did with the sole fillets that we put it on the, on the grill just for a second. We're doing exactly the same thing now on the pan with the meat. No pretenem coure-la a la paella, sinó perquè ja l'hem cuit precisament a la bossa de buit a la temperatura que volíem nosaltres. It's not to cook it because it has already been cooked 
in the thermal bath. El buit ens ha permès que dins la bossa el whisky impregnés el seu gust a la carn. Per tant, el buit ens ha servit també d'una molt bona manera de condimentar el producte. And another, another advantage of sous-vide cooking is that uh, it infuses, the whisky has infused the meat with an incredible taste. Per tant, el tenim daurat de fora i de dins molt, molt melós, molt, molt gustós. And uh, the outside is uh, brown and nice in color and inside is extremely moist and very tasty. No sé si es veu a la càmera, sí. Can we see it on the camera? La, la, la capa eh, que hi ha entre l'exterior i la part rosada és molt prima. The outside crust is very thin. Si l'haguéssim cuit tota l'estona aquí, la capa entre l'exterior i la part rosada seria més gran. La part blanca seria més gruixuda. And if we had cooked the whole time on the pan, the, the outside crust, the layer would have been much thicker between the outside and the pink part of the meat. Okay. Sí, hi ha un element de... El plat l'hem muntat una miqueta amb el que, amb el que hem trobat. El més important és la, és la cocció. Fixeu-vos amb, amb la gran quantitat de... de de carn rosada que hi ha en la, en la peça eh, i els elements que hi ha són verdures que hem saltejat, les hem cuit al buit a 85 graus, les verdures els hem de trencar la cel·lulosa, per tant la temperatura sempre és molt superior, són 85 graus. Then uh, we've played with uh, you know, a few things that we found today and uh, some vegetables and what we've done is we cooked them as well so be uh, for 10 minutes at 85 to break the celluloid. Una, par una particularitat del buit també és poder aprofitar la impregnació. En aquest cas hem agafat unes boletes de meló i les hem posat dins una bossa de buit amb cru amb suc de remolatxa. And another thing is that that, that infusing part is very important as well because what we've done is we got some melon balls, we put them in the bag uh, with uh, beet juice. Així hi ha un element, eh, que és, és aquesta peça. Ens agrada molt jugar eh, i, i sorprendre. Hi ha un element que no saps ben bé què és. Té gust de meló, però té gust de remolatxa, té gust de terra, eh, perquè li ha donat aquest gust l'aigua la, de remolatxa que hem posat a dins la bossa. És un meló cru amb gust de remolatxa. Eh, és una de les característiques que ens permet el, el buit de, de la impregnació. Eh, I creem com una mena d'element nou. És, un, és una nova un nou vegetal eh, que té textura de meló i gust de remolatxa. Eh? One, thing, one thing that we like to do a lot is to play and surprise. So what we've done is to infuse the, the melon balls with beet uh, juice and no one is expecting that. So, so when you eat, you, you wonder what's that seguim, and seguim. You, know, you have to guess a little bit. Okay. Ok, seguim amb, amb exemples de cocció llarga, no? Cocció... And now we're going to go and uh, give you some examples of a long uh, subit cooking. Això és una oca. It's a goose. Que uh, el que farem és una terrina calenta. Volem, volem tenir una, una mena de, de paté 
i per tant utilitzarem la tècnica de buit per poder baixar molt la temperatura de cocció i tenir molt present en el resultat final la textura i la barreja de magres, grasses i gelatines i condimentació que hi ha en el plat. And then what we're going to do is we are going to cook it, cook it for a long time because we want to lower the temperature. And uh, what we do is to, you know, we mix that with other ingredients to achieve, uh, you know. Es pa, claradou, llet, el fetge de la oca. Here is a bread. We have a the liver as well, a egg whites. Sal, salt, bolets, siurenys picats, mushrooms, grounded mushrooms, tòfona negra, el black truffle, fogràs, fogrà, papada, papada de porc, greix de porc, el pork fat, ho barregem tot bé, and we mix everything well, amb la carn de l'oca, with the, the grounded meat of the, the goose. Okay, i el que, el que pretenem és que aquesta barreja, com dèiem, no es fonguin les grasses, els fonguin poc i estiguin presents i facin una, una barreja molt homogènia, molt, molt melosa, molt gustosa i, i poc, poc aixuta, és a dir, molt, molt tendra i molt, molt melosa. Vaja. What we try to achieve here is moisture, uh, but at the same time, what we try to achieve is that the fats do not melt uh, completely and they retain in the final product. And the terrain, the final terrain, it's very moist and, uh, and hydrated. This is the foie gras sencesa, a tall of foie gras, a tira, a long piece of foie gras. That's a long piece of raw foie gras. Fetge d'oca cru. It's a goose foie gras. I donem aquesta forma cilíndrica, intentant que quedi just al mig la peça de foie gras. We have the cylinder shape and keeping the foie gras in the very middle of it. Ok. Tanquem el buit i el coem durant 30 hores a 63 graus. Ok. We seal it and we cook it sous vide for 30 hours at 60 degrees. Celsius. Ok. Passat aquest temps, refredem, és a dir, pasteuritzem, com explicàvem abans amb l'espatlla de xai. After that, what we do is we cool it and to achieve a pasteurization, as we explained before with the lamb shoulder. Fixeu-vos que no ha deixat anar gairebé aigua, no ha deixat anar suc, sinó que tot està encara aquí, no hi ha hagut deshidratació, i per tant el greix, fixeu-vos que el foie gras encara està sencer en l'interior. Després de 30 hores de cocció està sencer. No s'ha fos. And please notice that the fat and even the size of the foie gras have not melted. So everything keeps the previous shape. Durant el servei, en el restaurant, quan ens demanen una reacció d'oca a la Royal, agafem un tall, el tallem, el posem a dins la bossa i el regenerem, l'escalfem, a la mateixa temperatura de cocció. What we do is when we receive the order in the restaurant, we put the, the serving piece inside of a bag and we cook it exactly at the same temperature that we cooked it previously. In this case, we ended up with a compote of barcoc. And in this case, we finished it with some jelly, uh, apricot jelly. 
Compot de l'albercoc, flors de borraja i brots de remolatxa. Flowers and beet sprouts. I la salsa, que és el suc de l'oca, és a dir, el fondo d'oca reduït, molt reduït, molt intens de sabor. And the sauce, it's made with... Amb els ossos que no hem utilitzat en el... With goose broth that we reduce, you know. Sí? Ok. Un altre exemple és el coll de xai. Another example is with the neck of the lamb. Ja l'hem cuit, 24 hores, 63 graus. We have cooked it for 24 hours at 63 degrees. És una part del xai que s'utilitza molt poc, però és molt interessant perquè té una part molt ben proporcionada de greix, magre i gelatina. And it's a very interesting part and that is not used at all, unfortunately, because it has like a very good proportion between meat, fat and gelatin. I el que fem és coure'l, com he dit, llavors el desossem, l'os de la columna vertebral surt molt fàcilment. With the bonnet, and it's very easy to take it away from the spine. Entre l'os hi hem posat lletons. And in the middle we've used sweetbreads. Tornem a tancar. We seal it, we close it. Recomposem el coll sense l'os i amb els lletons. Like reconstituting the neck without the bones and with the sweetbreads. Aha. El film ens permet donar la forma i després tornem a coure només 20 minuts perquè es recomposi i quedin enganxats els lletons dins del... És a dir, es fongui la gelatina i torni a quedar un altre cop tot pres, tot enganxat. And the plastic wrap gives it the shape, it's cheap, and we cook it only for 20 minutes, a small amount of time, so that everything, all the flavors, and bind together. El procés de regeneració és molt semblant al de l'oca, és a dir, també tallem la reacció, la posem en la bossa i a la mateixa temperatura de cocció escalfem i acabem. The serving process is very much the same as when we did the goose before. We put it in a bag with a little bit of sauce and then we cook it. En aquest cas, el plat l'acabem amb préssec, amb una terrina de... Això és una compota de préssec amb mantega. Ok, and we finish the dish with la marmalade made with peach and butter. Una espuma de formatge de llet d'ovella i puré de patates, un puré de patates amb amb formatge de llet d'ovella. A foam made with sheep's milk cheese. Una espuma calenta de patata i formatge d'ovella. And it's a warm, it's a hot foam made with potato puree and the cheese, sheep's milk. Com que tots els elements són molt melosos, molt tendres, el que fem és posar un tros de pell de la panxeta del xai que l'hem assecat, l'hem cuit a la planxa de crom perquè quedi molt cruixent, que és aquesta peça que hi ha. And for crispiness, what we do is we get a piece of skin from the lamb, from the abdomen of the lamb, and we put it in the dish as well for an element of crispiness. Ok. Una altra de les avantatges del buit és aprofitar 
la pressió que tenim quan retractilem, quan utilitzem les bosses que són retractils. Un altre avantatge del sous-vide cooking és utilitzar les bags que s'enxerquen. Això és un calamar que el tallem a tires i l'amanim amb pebre vermell de la vera, pimentón de la vera. I aquí tenim calamari, cut in stripes, in long stripes, and we dress it with pimentón de la vera. Recomposem, volem fer un cilindre, per tant, tornem a col·locar totes les peces sobre un plàstic film, i així, i així, sí. To reconstitute it, we put all the pieces together and we wrap it with some plastic. I el tancarem amb una bossa de buit, que és una bossa retràctil, que per tant, quan la submergim amb aigua bullint, pressionarà tot aquest cilindre i farà que s'enganxin entre elles les tires de calamar. And what we do is we use a special bag, which is a shrinking bag, and the moment that we submerge it in the water, in the hot water, it's going to shrink and give the, the shape to the strap of calamari. Cool it. I li donem un cop de fred important, un cop de congelador, perquè quedi pres i ho puguem tallar molt fi. And then we freeze it for a while, so then we can cut it the way that we want, very thin. Ara estem creant un recipient nou, és a dir, això és un bol de vidre, un bol de vidre, que hi hem posat pebre vermell de la vera a dins. And what we're doing now is we're creating a new type of container, a new bowl. It's a glass bowl, and we have pimentón de la vera inside. Amb una brotxeta molt calenta soldem l'exterior i, per tant, ens desprenem del plàstic sobrant. And what we do is, with a very, very small brand, we weld it. Fem un forat amb un extrem. We make a little hole in one of the extremes of the bowl. Volem jugar en aquest plat amb la complicitat entre aroma i gust. Per tant, és per això que hem fet tot aquest joc amb el recipient. And it's a complicity between flavor and taste, so that's why we've done the bowl, you know. Aquest és el rosetó que hem fet, hem tallat aquell cilindre de calamars, l'hem tallat i ens queda així, a sobre d'un puré de patates. So that's what we've done with the calamari, in that special, very special shape, and we put it on top of some potato puree. El col·loquem a sobre d'aquest plàstic. It's on top of the plastic. Que el plàstic és flexible. Flexible i ens ajudarà a fer sortir el fum molt a poc a poc. And it's going to help us, you know, to release the smoke little by little. Això són petits popets que els assaltegem a la planxa. Baby octopus, griddle. Sorry, eh? Els posem a sobre del puré de patates amb els rosetons de calamar. We place it on top of the potato puree, on top of the, the calamari, calamari glass almost. I utilitzem una pipa que habitualment s'utilitza per, per cremar altres coses, però que nosaltres la fem servir per cremar serradures de llenya d'alzina. 
what we do is we use a pipe that usually is, has other uses. <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, we use it to, to smoke uh, cork uh, oak. Juan. <laughs> La, la idea es que el, 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 el fum es barreja amb el pimentón, amb el pebre de la vera que hi ha sota i, i surt un, un aroma, cada vegada que anem a agafar una miqueta de puré de patates surt una, una, eh, surt una miqueta de fum, cada vegada surt una miqueta de fum i juga amb, amb l'efecte eh, olfacte gust. Eh? What, we, what happens is that the, that the smoke gets mixed with the pimentón de la vera, and every time that we reach for a little bit of potato puree, a little bit of that smoke gets released. So we play with, with smells as well. Okay, ara veurem les, les, els exemples de, de destil·lació, que són, són dos exemples diferents. El primer que, que passarem, les ostres al xablís, estan basades, està basat el plat en sí, amb una idea que és molt present a la nostra cuina, que és el de, la, el de partir del procés creatiu de, del món del vi. Then, then now we are going to talk about uh, two examples of mm, distillation. And uh, the first one that we're going to talk about is uh, oysters with Chablis wine. And uh, you know, we'll bring into the forefront uh, one element that it's very, very essential for our cooking, which is wine. Abans, potser hauríem d'explicar que, que la, la idea d'utilitzar el rotavapor, el, el rotaval, ens va venir de, de l'observació de veure que a la cuina, quan nosaltres estem fent un brou aromàtic, se'ns en va per la campana tot l'aroma, no? La idea d'usar rotator vaporator és que ens va venir quan cuinem brot, quan tothom cuinem brot, que pots veure que totes les bones parts del brot van en smoke. Tot se n'anava i vam pensar de quina manera podíem captar aquests aromes que, que estaven provocant contínuament a la cuina, com els podíem captar, recuperar i utilitzar-los. És a dir, la idea era captar l'ànima dels productes i tenir d'aquesta manera dues versions o dos, dos elements, allò que s'evaporava convertit en un eh, recuperat amb líquid i la concentració per l'altre cantó. And uh, so what we thought is that what would be the way to keep uh, these good smells for us instead of letting them go. And that, uh, you know, not only to keep them, but to bring them to the forefront of the dish and be the soul of the dish. Vam començar a destil·lar sucs de tòfona, sucs de bolets, sucs de caps de gamba, i era molt, molt interessant veure que el que recuperàvem després de la distribució era una altra dimensió d'aquell mateix producte. No? With still uh, truffles, with still mushrooms, and with still uh, shrimp heads, and then it was a very, very interesting process for us, a process of discovery. Fins que un dia vam uh, destil·lar, vam atrevir-nos a destil·lar terra. Eh? Until one day that we dare uh, to distill soil. <laughs> Vam descobrir un nou element a la cuina, és a dir, vam, vam tenir un, un ingredient nou a la cuina, que és un destil·lat de terra, i per tant, el gust de la terra 
que era molt curiós, quan te'l posaves a la boca i tenia a la boca un sabor que tu tenies relacionat amb un aroma, perquè tots tenim a la memòria l'aroma de la terra molla. And it was a very interesting process because it was a, we brought an element into the kitchen that it's usually not associated with uh, the kitchen uh, because we all have in uh, it, the aroma the aroma of uh, moist uh, of wet uh, soil in our in our memory. Ens va donar joc, molt de joc. Vam fer inicialment unes ostres només amb destilat de terra. At the beginning, we just, uh, we, we, it gave us lots of room to play. And at the very beginning, what we did is uh, we did some oysters with only a, dist a soil distillation. Era, era un mar i muntanya molt radical. It was like a surf and turf, a very radical surf and turf. <laughs> Però que és un element molt important a la cuina catalana, és a dir, l'utilització d'elements del mar i de la terra junts amb un plat. Això era una síntesi fantàstica, molt radical molt minimalista, però molt interessant a la dona. But it was a it was a very minimal and uh, synthesis, but it was a very interesting one because it's a very good play uh, in the way that the Catalan traditional Catalan cuisine works between surf and turf. Okay, anem a veure el plat de les ostres al Chablis. Let's see, let's take a look at the, the oysters that we Chablis. El Chablis és un és uns vins que es fan en una zona de la Borgonya amb raïm chardonnay, molt particulars, quan són vells desenvolupen unes, un ventall d'aromes molt divers, molt interessant. And el Chablis, as you know, it's a wine made in Bourgogne and it's done with chardonnay grapes and uh, as it grows old, the vines and the grapes, they, be, they, they acquire a very interesting particular flavor. Mel de, mel de cassia. Uh, acacia honey poma verda, uh, green apples, tofuna, truffle, champignons, mushrooms, uh, terra, soil. El que heu vist ara és un, un, el procés de, de fer uns candis d'aiguardent de, de mel de cassia, eh? barrejat almíbar i, i aiguardent, ho hem barrejat molt a poc a poc, com heu vist, i ho hem posat en una placa amb maicena, unes gotes, que després d'un procés de cocció esdevenen caramels líquids per, per, per dins. What we've done is we've mixed el, the honey, the acacia's honey, and el, amb què més? Aiguardent de mel yep. de cassia and, and i, 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 una, i un almíbar. Yep, el syrup and the eau de vi made with acacia flowers. And what we do is we mix it together. I ho hem posat en unes gotetes sobre una placa de maicena. And we put it on top of some uh, cornstarch. Ho hem secat i han quedat, el, el caramel ha anat cap a fora, ha quedat uh, cruixent i, i sòlid i a dins ha quedat l'aiguardent líquid. And what has happened is that uh, we have dried it and uh, the outside it's crispy and, and solid and inside is the liquid. Això és el destilat de terra. Estem fent el destilat de terra amb el destilador, amb el, amb el rotaval. With the rotator evaporator, we are doing the, we're distilling soil now. Hem tret aire, hem modificat la pressió atmosfèrica i aconseguim bullir a temperatura molt més baixa de lo normal. What we've done is modify the, the atmospheric temperature and uh, uh, yeah, to get the, the air out of it and uh, what we do is we cook at a lower temperature than usual. Utilitzem aquest sistema perquè d'aquesta manera els aromes són molt més nets 
és que si ho fem amb les temperatures altes dels destil·ladors que no tenen buit. And in that way, we, what we achieve is like a, clean, like a cleaner uh, taste as well to it that mm -hmm. other, other the rotators do not achieve because they don't have the sous part of it. Okay. El procés de destil·lació és molt simple, evaporació, condensació, precipitació, tenim una aigua que ha arrastrat els aromes volàtils a la terra molla. It's a very simple process, it's evaporation, condensation, and condensation, precipitació, gathering or precipitation. I d'aquesta manera tenim un líquid que ha arrastrat tots els aromes volàtils a la terra. And then we have a liquid at the end that brings all the volatile flavors of earth, soil. Per aconseguir el sabor i no perdre'l amb l'escalfament, volem donar densitat en aquest líquid i ho fem amb xantana perquè així no l'hem d'escalfar per donar densitat. So what we don't want to do is we don't want to heat this liquid and to get a sense of density, of texture. What we do is we use some Shantana gum. I muntem el plat. And then we plate it. Tots els elements. With all the elements. El destil·lat de terra en el centre del plat. És transparent. The soil destillation in the middle of the plate. Serà un element que irem trobant sempre quan l'anem degustant, quan l'anem menjant. And when we eat, we'll encounter that, we'll està, està bump into it. Està en el centre. I al, al voltant anem posant oli de tòfones. And, in, and on the sides we use uh, truffle oil. Compota de poma. El apple... Uh, de, de poma verda. Marmalade. Yeah, and green estem, apple. Green estem posant els elements que hem dit que ens recordava l'aroma del xarlís. Eh? And uh, we, we bring here forward the elements that remind us of the aroma of xarlís. Champignó cru. Raw mushroom. La ostra, que la, Oyster, la tallarem cut, per poder-la integrar bé amb tots els elements i que sempre anem trobant un trosset d'ostra. És a dir, és una manera de, de, de dispersar-la i poder-la integrar amb la resta d'elements. So it gets integrated and mixed with the rest of the other elements. Okay. Els candis de mel, d'aiguardent de mel de cassia. And uh, the candies made with acacia or the vi. A la zona de Chablis, hi ha pedres calcàries blanques, perquè a més a més és una zona que hi havia hagut uh, ostres, és a dir, hi ha fòssils d'ostra en, en les vinyes de Chablis. I és per això que hem establert aquesta relació amb el paisatge també. And another way to bring uh, all together the, the landscape of the Chablis area is as well to, in, the, the oyster reminds us of that because uh, there is lots of uh, stone flavor into it and lots of uh, oyster fossils in, in, uh, in the region. Per tant, aquelles pedres representen pedres del paisatge de Chablis. In a way, what they do, what they represent, it's stones from the Chablis landscape. Ok, una altra, una altra aplicació de la destil·lació. Volem captar l'aroma volàtil de l'eucaliptus. Another application of the destillation process is to capture the volatile aroma uh, of eucalyptus. I alhora volem transmetre la sensació de fred, and de frescor. At the same time we want to bring a sense of cool, coolness. Uh, això és, són caramels hols. Eucaliptus. Són caramels, què? Caramels, hols, eucaliptus. Those are hols made with eucaliptus. Trencats, trencats. Broken. Sí, sí. I ara estem fent unes roses de gel 
amb una barreja de clara d'ou i sucre llustre. And what we do here is with confectioner sugar and egg white, we make some roses. I els deshidratarem a 50 graus durant 12 hores. And we dehydrate them at 50 degrees for 12 hours. I hem posat una miqueta de caramel de Halls. A little bit of caramel from candy from the Halls. El destil·lat, estem deixant fer el destil·lat, anem evaporant, és a dir, destil·lant, evaporant i recuperant. La destil·lació és en marxa, l'evaporació i recuperació. I llavors aquesta aigua destil·lada d'eucaliptus el que fem és posar-la en un congelador a menys 5 graus, 5 graus sota zero. And with this water of eucalyptus that we have distilled, what we do is we freeze it at minus five degrees Celsius. Okay. Això és meló. That's melon. Que el posarem a congelar a menys 18 graus. And it's going to freeze at minus 18 degrees Celsius. I ara muntem el plat. Això és una mousse de Chartres. Chartres és un licor d'herbes fresques. And now we are plating it. So that's a Chartres mousse. As you know, Chartres is made with fresh herbs. Cogombre. Petits cogombres. Cucumber, baby cucumbers. I herbes anisades. Estragó, fonoll. And herbs that have like an anise flavor, like tarragon, fennel. Salicornia. Salicornia és un arbust que creix als aiguamolls, una mica salat. Salicornia? Els aiguamolls? Sí, aiguamolls, marismes. And then an herb that grows in marshes, only marshes. Hem posat compota de bergamota. We use bergamot marmalade. L'estrella que ja està seca, està cruixent. The star, that now is dry and crispy. Amb una mica de... amb trossets de caramel Halls. With the bits of Halls, there. Tot és molt fresc, és efervescent de llimona. And everything is very fresh and efervescent. Tot és molt fresc. Aquest és el meló, que està a menys 18 graus. I aquesta és l'aigua a menys 5. And that's the melon at minus 18 and the water at minus 5. A taula servim el plat i el camarer deixa caure l'aigua sobre el meló, que en contacte amb el meló fa que es congeli de cop i es produeix aquest efecte màgic, que alhora també dona una sensació de frescor. And what happens... What happens at the table, the weather, the cans, the pours the water on top of the melon and that gives it another fresh sensation. Okay, ara farem un petit parèntesis i us explicarem un postre divertit que l'estem fent aquest... l'hem fet durant aquest últim any però no ho tenia previst, no estava previst, però serà una manera de posar una miqueta d'humor i d'explicar-vos que la cuina també intentem que tingui un cert sentit de l'humor. Ara vam 
a little parenthesis here, and uh, we're going to show you a dish that we created very recently, and uh, you know, because we want to have that sense of fun, and that we have to, we want to have as well that sense of humor in the kitchen. No te, no te res a veure amb la precisió de temperatura, no te res a veure amb, amb, el, amb el tema d'avui. It doesn't have anything to do with uh, the temperature precision or anything that we are talking about today. <laughs> es tracta d'explicar de, de a través de la cuina i dels elements que tenim a l'abast com crear una emoció, en aquest cas l'emoció de l'alegria o de l'eufòria. What we want to do is, with all the elements that we have in the kitchen, to create an emotion. In that case, the, the emotion of happiness, of euphoria. Per nosaltres, l'euphoria és veure com Messi marca un gol. For us, euphoria is to see Messi. Okay. For those that don't know who Messi is, he's a, he's a player, a soccer player from Barcelona. How he scores. Okay. Abans cal explicar que aquest postre és el final d'un menú molt rigorós, molt seriós, molt, molt, uh, en que tot està molt, molt, molt pensat i pretenem que al final d'aquest menú pogués servir aquest postre i somriure una miqueta i, i relaxar una miqueta tota la concentració del, de l'àpat, no? de, la, de la part prèvia de l'àpat. Before I want to say that uh, that dessert that we're going to talk about now is uh, the end of the meal after having a very rigorous, very serious, very formal uh, experience and uh, in a way it's like to bring a smile into your face. Okay, la idea és reproduir un, un gol molt concret que va marcar Messi la temporada passada. The idea is to reproduce a very particular goal that uh, Messi scored last season. Assistència de Xavi més que preta per Messi, 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 immens Messi, encara 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 Messi, gol, 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 So, let's talk about the dessert. <laughs> Una pilota, the, pilota the ball, half, half ball. Yeah. Gespa. There is a grass. Uh, un, un a, a container that will fit inside of the ball. I dins del bol hi ha elements que associem amb l'alegria i amb l'eufòria. And inside we have elements that we associate with uh, happiness and euphoria. Cítrics, eh? Citrus. Llimones, Lemon. elements efervescents. Efervescent elements. Compota de menta. Mint jelly. Petacetas. Zats. Pa, pa, pa. Exploten en la boca. That they, that they explode in your mouth. Yeah. Granizado de, de limón. El lemon granita. Flores de menta. Flores de menta. Flower, uh, mint flowers. Uh, espuma de bergamota. L bergamot foam. Es, son, 
Cítrics i mentes, bàsicament. Mainly they are citrus and mints. Oli essencial de gespa acabada de tallar. Essential oil made with freshly cut grass. Perquè quan arribi el plat sentis l'olor de la gespa, com si estiguessis al camp. So when the dish arrives in front of you, you can feel like if you're in the stadium. Amb la clara d'ou i el sucre hem fet la xarxa de la porteria. And with egg whites and sugar we've done the net. I ara col·loquem uns merengues que te'ls hauràs d'anar menjant abans d'acabar el postre. And what we do now is we put some merengues on top that you have to eat before dessert. Vols que expliqui el de merengue? Després. I la pilota, que és un gelat de dulce de leche. And the ball, which is dulce de leche ice cream. A la taula hi ha un petit iPod. Hi ha un petit iPod. Hi ha un petit iPod que sent, mentre menges el postre, sents empollar el que va... And the other element about the dish is that we bring a nano iPod to the table where you can hear the girl. Explico el de merengue? Sí, sí. Another food note is that merengue for Barcelona fans, it's very clear what it is, but probably it's not for you. Merengue as well, it's the name that we give to Real Madrid fans. So there is a double pleasure about eating them. Okay. Seguim. Okay, let's continue. Us presento el Salvador. Salvador Brugués és qui va fer el llibre de Cuina al Buit amb mi el 2003. I want to introduce Salvador Brugués, this guy that wrote the Subit book with me in 2003. I que treballa amb nosaltres i que m'acompanya en aquest viatge i que us explicarà d'una manera molt evident la diferència que hi ha amb les temperatures quan coem. Quan coem productes, qualsevol producte, la relació temperatura-temps és evidentment un factor que canvia el resultat final de la cocció. I a l'ou... And what we what he's going to do is he's going to show in a very obvious way the relationship that we have between time and temperature in the cooking process. Salvador works with us and he's come with me for this trip. El buit bàsicament és una té com màxima importància la relació temps-temperatura. In the sous vide cooking the most important thing is the relationship between temperature and time. What we do is when we talk about sous vide cooking and temperature, we lock all our cooks in the cellar for three days. 
and we really hammer the you know the idea of the relationship between both of them. What we do is we go from uh, cooking uh, 30 hours at 63 to uh, four minutes at uh, 50, and then it's even we can submerge even our hand without getting burned. Per, per demostrar la importància que té que té aquesta relació temps temperatura sempre sempre fem un, una petita prova quan ous a diferents temps amb dues temperatures diferents només amb un grau de diferència. What we do to to demonstrate here, here, that uh, the relationship between uh, time and temperature is we cook eggs uh, at different you know at uh, for the same time at just with two degrees of temperature difference. Aquest, aquest exemple ens demostra que amb un sol grau de, de diferència el temps i la temperatura ens marquen diferències totalment a l'hora de coure un aliment a un altre. And here we can see very clearly the difference that uh, one degree in temperature can make between, you know, all the eggs. Well, llavors, hem cuit ous a 62 i a 63 graus durant 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 i 120 minuts. So we cook eggs at 62 and 63, starting at 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes. I veurem com reacciona, les, sobretot la, la rovell, amb, a mesura que anem incrementant el temps. And then we, we want to see, especially the egg yolk, how it reacts to the way that we've been increasing the time. En, en les primeres temperatures no hi, no hi ha gaire diferència a la, la rovell, Sempre, sempre és líquid, no hi ha massa diferència. In the first temperatures, in the, in the lower temperatures, there is not a big difference between the yolks. They are very liquid, as you can see. En segons temperatures veiem que, tot i que a 20 graus el rovell encara és molt líquid, també ho serà, però hi ha una mica més espès amb un sol grau. And then you can see that uh, with 20 degrees that there is a, a bigger difference between the two of them. And the second one is a little bit thicker. Si anem pujant, veurem que a 62 anem mantenint líquid, mentre que a 63 comencem a agafar densitat. What we can see is that as we increase, is that at 62 it's still liquid, and at 63 it starts to be, we, we, we gather some density. A 64, encara és totalment líquid després de 40 minuts, mentre que pràcticament ja està guallat amb un sol grau de temperatura. At 64 you can see that it's very liquid still, but with if we increase just one degree you can see that it's very it's starting to get solid. A 50 encara tenim liquidesa. At 50 it's still liquid, mentre que Pràcticament ja tenim un ou quallat amb textura de tocinet. No sé si es coneix aquí el tocinet. And uh, if we increase that to one degree, you can see that we have almost something that it's binded together and it has the texture of a flan. Exacte. Amb una hora de temps de cocció d'un ou, amb temperatures que nosaltres podem considerar semi de, de, de seguretat, encara tenim una llema cremosa, molt untosa, and uh, with one hour of uh, time now, and we have still a yolk that it's very runny. Mentre que amb un grau més tenim un ou cuit. 
while if we increase one degree, we have a cook tech. L'exemple extremat, aquí no hi arribem mai nosaltres, però l'exemple extremat seria que amb dues hores de cocció tenim que 62 encara és un tabla. Un tabla. Then, with two hours of time, it's an example that we never reach in our cooking, but you can see that 62, it's still spreadable. Mentre que exactament amb un sol grau de temperatura, amb dues hores, tenim un ou dur, amb un sol grau, tenim una textura totalment diferent. And you can see that the same two hours, with increasing by one degree, we have a completely different texture. És una mica la demostració que aquesta relació temps-temperatura amb el buit encara és més precisa. That's a way to demonstrate that this relationship between time and temperature is even more precise when you do sous-vide cooking. En plato jo i t'ho expliques? Bueno, ara el que farem és donar-vos a provar un salmó. Now we're going to give you some salmon to taste. Hem posat a coure a 50 graus salmó tallat a daus. It's a diced salmon that we cook at 50 degrees. I ha estat uns 7 minuts. It's been there for 7 minutes. Sí, i ara el traiem de la bossa i us el donarem a provar. And we're going to take it out of the bag and we are going to give it to you to taste. Hem posat a dins del recipient una miqueta de compota, una compota de poma, una Granny Smith. There is inside of each container some Granny Smith, some pineapple jelly. Posarem un dau de poma. Little dice of apple. I una mica d'oli de vainilla. And vanilla oil. Que l'hem fet també aquí, l'hem tingut hem obert la vaina de vainilla i hem submergit amb oli de girassol i l'hem tingut al buit en el termostat durant un parell d'hores a 50 graus. We keep it in the thermostat of 50 degrees for two hours. What we've done is we split vanilla bean and we cook it with sunflower oil. La condimentació és una excusa, és un plat antic que fèiem, salmó amb poma i oli de vainilla. El que provareu bàsicament és la textura del salmó cuit d'aquesta manera. Cuit només a 50 graus, una temperatura baixa, i veureu que la textura és molt interessant i és molt diferent a la textura que obtindríem amb un salmó cuit a la planxa en què tenim una part important de producte ressecat, deshidratat, i que hem perdut molts, a part de nutrients, molt sabor i molta textura. The elements, the other elements on the dish are just only, you know, just an excuse. The thing that I want you to concentrate is on the texture of the salmon. That's a dish that we used to do before with green apples and salmon. But you'll see that if you were to cook the salmon, to grill it, it would be dry and it would have lost lots of nutrients and flavor while cooking it sous vide it retains its essence. While we we plate the salmon if anyone has any questions.
I love. I love You infuse it with what? Uh, Lagavulin scotch. Uh -huh. And I wondered why you A, used that kind of scotch, and B, you used, um, you garnished it with salt. And I wondered what kind of salt. Que quan es fica el xai, que és purat escocès, que és per un tipus molt especial d'escocès, que li agrada molt, i pregunta per què. I també quan es purat sal, al final, que és purat un tipus molt particular, si és purat un tipus particular de sal. La sal era sal maldon. Maldon sal, to answer the salt part. Sí, i l'altre em pregunta del whisky. And the scotch. Ah, del filet. Ja. És l'agabulin. Ja. Diu que li agrada molt, si hi havia una raó particular per reutilitzar-lo. Sí, perquè a mi també m'agrada molt. La raó és que m'agrada també. Sobretot perquè té una nota fumada molt important. És la que s'moqui element. I volem jugar amb un filet a la brasa, amb el record d'un filet a la brasa. I volem jugar amb la idea d'un filet a la brasa. Sí, és una associació que establim amb les verdures, normalment en el restaurant les servim, les fem a la brasa. Llavors, per això hi ha una gran relació entre el sabor del whisky, l'agabolim, i les verdures a la brasa. És una relació que ja hem establert al restaurant. Fem el mateix amb els vegetals, i el que fem és que els grillem, perquè estem realment malament aquest sabor d'agabolim. Good evening, chef. Uh, thank you very much for everything. How did you come to, um, I guess, what you defined as the proper temperature on certain things, like the foie and the goose, terrine, or things like that? I mean, is that trial and error? Or, and you just keep experimenting until you get the right result? Or do you, I don't know, I mean, how do you decide that this is how, what you want people to taste? This is the texture that you want? Que com arribes a la temperatura perfecta per fer una cosa? Si és un per error i proves de nou, fas experiència d'una manera empírica, o si que decideixes que això és el tipus de temperatura que t'agradaria servir? És un procés empíric, sobretot, però alhora també tenim la sort ara de tenir molts llibres, com el llibre de Harold McGeer, que ens ajuda molt a entendre els productes i els processos que es produeixen quan cuinem. Per tant, entre el nostre gust, hi ha un procés empíric. Quan nosaltres arribem a un punt que diguem aquest és el gust que a mi m'agrada, la textura que a mi m'agrada, aquesta és la bona. Però, evidentment, al final tot té també una explicació científica. El que fem és un procés empíric, el que fem és que provem i provem and to see the flavor that we want to achieve and, you know, taking notes. And uh, at the same time, everything makes sense and it has like a scientific explanation as well, but we base ourselves very much in flavor. And then uh, the, some books like uh, Harold McGee's book helps us as well finding the perfect point and gives us some sense to it. Yeah. Is your, what is your uh, worst experiment ever? Cooking experiment. Gracias, gracias per 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 venir aquí, no, però que quin és el pitjor experiment que has tingut mai? El pitjor, el pitjor experiment que has tingut mai a la cuina. Bueno, hi ha un experiment que encara no hem fet que en Jordi està intentant carregar cartutxos amb espècies per matar un colomí amb espècies. 
that uh, the th that there is there is an experiment that we have not done yet, but my brother Jordi, what he's trying to do is he's going to infuse a bullet with spices to kill a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> to infuse the pigeon. <laughs> El, 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 gol, el gol de Messi semblava una idea impossible. If you thought that uh, Messi's goal was an impossible idea. I al final ha estat una... <laughs> sí que els, els colomins uh, poden patir. <laughs> yeah, Pi pigeons are doomed. <laughs> Hi, Chef, thank you for coming. Um, my question is about the snowflakes that um, you made with the royal icing and the, the Hall's cough drops. I want to know why do you put them in the dehydrator? What does that do for them? The la seva pregunta és les els les flecs de neu que has posat les roses aquestes que has construït, per què les has deshidratat? Per aconseguir textura cruixent. És un és un merenc, és un és una mena de en, en terminologia culinària és una és la glaça real. La glaça real és és clara d'ou amb amb sucre llustre, és una tècnica molt antiga i es feia es feia està en els receptaris del segle XVIII i es feia per, per la pastisseria i nosaltres el que fem és aplicar aquella tècnica però donant-li una forma i aconseguint una cocció molt més baixa per aconseguir que quedi blanc, que no quedi torrat i que quedi molt, molt cruixent. What we do, the, the idea is to achieve extreme crispiness. It's a very old technique we got inspired by uh, 18th century cookbooks they describe the technique, it's called uh, a royal glaze, uh, glacé. And uh, what we, that's why we dehydrated, you know, to achieve an incredible crispiness in your mouth. Hola, chef. In uh, Spanish, it's pues in English. La, la co uh, cocina china o japonesa uh, lo ha influenciado uh, en su manera de, en su técnica? Sí, uh, uh, al final los, los cocineros cocinamos, uh, por, uh, tenemos inspiración a partir de diferentes inputs, ¿no? nuestros viajes, nuestras vivencias, de alguna manera están presentes en el proceso creativo. Mis, mis viajes, sobre todo a Japón, fue muy, muy interesante. Para, para the, the, the question was uh, if uh, Chinese or Japanese uh, cooking has had any influence in you. And uh, the answer is uh, yes. Uh, you know, obviously, cooks were based in uh, input and uh, troubles. And uh, my trips to Japan have uh, very much influenced me. Sobre todo en las cocciones. Nosotros estábamos buscando cocciones muy ajustadas que alguien podría decir que está crudo, ¿no? Porque está, hay gente acostumbrada a comer el pescado, por ejemplo, muy, muy, muy cocido. Entonces, ver cómo en Japón lo toman crudo te da de alguna manera eh, una, una otra visión de, de cómo tratar un producto y que, y que tú puedes jugar entre... Este, eh, el abanico se abre mucho más entre muy cocido y crudo. Buscas el punto ideal para ti. ¿no? Especially in uh, when we talk about temperature, obviously Japanese cuisine was an inspiration because uh, 
create like Japanese food, it's raw, and then you have to go from there and get the level that you feel that it's, you know, that it's very good for, for cooking fish. And that it's, you know, and that, that becomes your inspiration. It's a parting point. Question here. Uh, when, you're, when you're cooking fish, it seems um, he's using or you're using a higher temperature of the water for a lower temperature core of the fish, meaning I use a 50 degree water for a, let's say a 40 degree core uh, for the fish. Uh, there are two questions. First, does he ever use the same temperature water for the same temperature he wants to achieve for the fish? The other question is if it's a thicker piece of fish and the temperature of the water is higher, how does that affect the outside of the fish until the core of the fish reaches 40 degrees? It's a long question. <laughs> I, I can break it down. Yeah, please, please. Okay. The, uh, he uses a, a higher temperature for the bath. Uh, the temperature of the bath for fish, I notice, is higher, meaning 50 degrees Celsius for, let's say, a 40 degree core temperature of the fish. Que la temperatura que utilitzes pel peix, que he notat que és una mica més alta, de 40 graus, que és molt més alta per què utilitzes. 50 graus. Ja, perquè és més alta d'això, ja. 50 degrees, isn't it? Yes, but sometimes the core of the fish is not 50, it's lower than that, he achieves. Que moltes vegades el centre del peix és menys que 50, llavors com ho logres, no? En una de les imatges abans hem vist com com clavàvem una sonda, una sonda molt prima d'un termòmetre que ens permet tenir la temperatura a cor de producte. Aquest... Ah, està aquí. So, that's the best way to demonstrate that. Aquesta espuma la podem clavar, la podem enganxar sobre la bossa de buit, clavar la sonda arribar fins al cor del producte i saber a quina temperatura està el cor. What we do is we use a very special technique. We put the foam on top of the bag and down with the thermometer we go down and then we see the temperature of the cor. Això ho fem una vegada. Quan busquem la taula, quan decidim que aquesta és la textura ideal, busquem quina és la temperatura que dona i, per tant, sabem quina temperatura ha de tenir l'aigua i quant temps hi ha d'estar. So, what that we do that once at the very beginning when we're establishing the table to see exactly what we want to achieve and what's exactly the temperature of the water to achieve that. That we just do that once at the beginning. Clar, no ho fem cada vegada, sinó que ho fem un cop per precisar quina és la taula ideal per aquell producte, segons el nostre criteri. So we do that, obviously we don't do that every time that we play the dish, but we just do that at the beginning to establish some parameters, to establish a table, so that can guide us. And obviously it has to do with our taste for that, you know, how we want it to taste, to taste it. The question is, would he use 40 degrees water to cook fish to 40 degrees? That's really the question. La pregunta és que si són de 40, que si utilitzaries 40 graus de l'aigua per 40 graus de la temperatura de dintre el peix. Sí, però necessitaria molt més temps. But I would need more time. Més temps. Good evening, chef. I'm just wondering, being in the restaurant industry, I know there's a sense of urgency to get the food out quickly so that there is hot food at the table. Do you still feel the sense of urgency to get the food out 
with with speed and efficiency, or is it okay to go out on a plate lukewarm? And I'm also amazed with your experiment. I think the correlation between time and temperature is unbelievable. Que, que sent una persona que treballa a restaurants que vol saber si realment sents la pressió de posar els plats a fora ràpids i de treure'ls a la sala ràpidament o el, si penses que, bé, que la temperatura, el que, la resta de coses que fas, el teu art... Tra treballem amb temperatures molt baixes, per tant és molt important l'organització interna de la cuina. So, since we, work, since we work with very low temperatures, the, the internal organization of our kitchen is very important. Som 35 cuiners. 35 cooks in our kitchen. Per, I cuinem per 45 clients. And we cook for 45 people. Llavors, estem molt a sobre del producte, del procés, de l'acabat, de l'emplatat, i busquem una certa agilitat per no perdre la temperatura. So what we do is we have that process very much by hand and uh, we know we have some agility as well, but obviously to respect the, the rules of the temperature that we try to achieve. Oh, hi. Um, so my question is regarding creativity in, in the sense that the first off my question is who is responsible for creativity in the restaurant is it the sense of i understand you and your brothers are overlooking the whole concept but do you utilize all of your cooks do all of your cooks sit down and discuss different recipes and my second question is can you very briefly i guess describe your process of creativity in the sense of capturing an essence capturing an emotion such as like the the, the soccer goal capturing pleasure you know, in a dish. Uh, how, how does that come to fruition for you and your team? El que dos preguntes, el procés creatiu, que bé, deu pensar que està a les mans teves i dels teus, dels teus germans també, però quin paper tenen els cuiners amb aquest procés creatiu, si tenen una decisió o no? I segona, per exemple, la, el, si, com, com és el teu procés creatiu? Com, en què et bases? Perquè hem entès, per exemple, l'exemple de la pilota de Messi i tot això del gol de Messi, sí. però volíem saber quina és la inspiració, que és, si hi ha una, és una, és una uns paràmetres. És una pregunta com, complicada. Estaríem hores explicant el procés creatiu perquè és complex. És una Però hi ha uns, uns inputs importants. No? La, la, la memòria, les vivències. La tradició de la cuina catalana és molt important. La cuina acadèmica, eh? la cuina, diguem-ne, que, 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 que tant en Badó com jo som professors a l'Escola d'Hostaleria de Girona i aquest contacte amb els alumnes i les tècniques tradicionals o diguem-ne que en diguem acadèmiques de tota la vida també són importants en el procés creatiu per, per, per agafar punts de partida. And uh, to have some departure points as well, both Salvador and myself, we teach cooking at the, at the, in Girona and we base ourselves in what we can call academic cooking, you know, as a departure point as well. El món del vi també és un, un input important, és a dir, the, els, the els, wine aromes, wall is very important as well. els aromes del vi ens poden donar una pista. La busca de contrastos, la busca d'emocions. I els cuiners que estan a la cuina també participen. Demanem sovint que ens presentin idees 
els demanem que cada setmana ens presentin una idea nova, un plat nou, i llavors els avaluem nosaltres. So I think there's still a plate going back. Uh, if you didn't get any of the uh, salmon, you can try at the back. Also, there's book signing outside, and you can buy the uh, course aprons with the equations on the outside. And let's thank uh, Joanne one more time.